Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for March 28th, 2022. First of all, let me just say that I, I did have a, a good uh, you know trip to the Dominican Republic. For those of you that know, Isabella and I were there for a few days. We got to see the kids. If you follow me on social media, you saw pictures. If you get the email, then you already got a link today. You could click on that link. You're going to see a bunch of pictures. And so we got to see our students. That was a blessing. Thank you to our partners. We got to see the construction of the, the church and how that's coming along. So thank you once again to our partners and supporters. You are partakers as you sow into our ministry, partakers of the grace of God that's on our ministry. It's also on you. And together we're making this thing happen to the glory of God. It's not about us. It's all about him. So thank you. Thank you for your partnership and your support. And so listen, I'm ready for the word this morning as we are now two weeks away from Resurrection Sunday morning. Resurrection Sunday is the most important day, my God. That's the day where, where Jesus was raised from the dead. We're going to talk about that. But we got to get to Good Friday before we can get to Resurrection Sunday. And so today I'm going to talk about the importance of the cross. I'm going to talk about what Jesus did. One of the things that Jesus did for us when he went to the cross was that he delivered us from the bondage of the law. We're going to be talking about it today. I want you to get ready. Get ready to open up your heart to receive the goodness of God towards you. All right, so let's get into it. Listen, I want to jump straight into it this morning, uh, talking about the importance of the cross. This is part 51 of the overall series about life lessons from the life of Jesus. One of the most important things you can understand from the life of Jesus is why he came. And one of the reasons that he came was to deliver us from the bondage of the law. So let's talk about it. I'm going to lay a foundation today. I'm going to still be teaching on this tomorrow. If you never heard uh, the, the teaching of God's grace juxtaposed against the law, then prepare yourself. Just listen and I'm going to show you scripture after scripture after scripture, and I want you to open up your heart to hear what God is saying. And if you've heard this before, let this reinforce the grace of God and the goodness of God towards you. What does this mean for you today, that Jesus came to deliver you from the bondage of the law? There's six things I want to share with you on this morning. Here we go. Six things. Number one, Jesus fulfilled the law for us. One of the things the Bible says is that Jesus fulfilled the law for us. He fulfilled it. He filled it to the full. Is it, that's it. Like the law was perfect and Jesus came to fulfill the law for us. So once again, Resurrection Sunday is right around the corner and we have to consider the things that Jesus did when he went to the cross. One of the things that he went to the cross to do was to deliver us from sin and death, but he also delivered us from the bondage of the law, the law of Moses. The Bible says in John chapter one that the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So in, in, the, in the days to come, I'm probably going to minister on this for a little bit. I really want you to open up your heart to hear what the Holy Spirit will say as it relates to Jesus fulfilling the law for us. So if you've been listening to, to me for any amount of time, you know that I teach the grace life, right? I mean, like, I think I even have, yeah, I have a grace life t-shirt on, the grace life, right? And so it's, it's the gospel of grace. I preach grace-filled messages. But in order for you to truly appreciate the grace of God, you have to almost like juxtapose the freedom of God's grace and the power of God's love 
against the bondage of the law, the law of Moses. We have a new covenant because of Jesus, a new testament. Well, if it's new, then you got to really kind of understand the old. To appreciate the new, you have to understand the old. So under the old, they kind of saw themselves as servants or slaves of God. And so you and I say this, say, I'm not a slave. No, 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 no. Say this, say, I'm not a servant. So under the New Testament, I'm not a servant of God. I'm not a slave of God. I'm a son of God. If you're a, you are a daughter of God. And so under the new covenant, I'm not a slave. I'm not a servant. I'm a son. And Jesus came, he died on the cross. And now we are sons and daughters of God. Under the old covenant, they lived under an external set of rules. Under the new covenant, I'm living by an internal relationship I have with the Holy Spirit. Those rules externally were written on tablets of stone. Under the new covenant, the Holy Spirit writes his commandments upon the the canvas of my heart. And so now I'm not a slave. I'm not a servant. I'm a son. I'm being led by the Holy Spirit on the inside. I'm not being governed by external rules, like rules on the outside, right? So many Christians today don't understand this. So they are in the new covenant, but they're still trying to live their lives based on the old covenant. And that that's, that's a problem. The problem is not that the law was wrong. Look at me. It's not that the law was wrong or the law was bad. The law was good. It was holy. It was so good. It was so perfect that no human could ever fulfill it. Like, like you and I, not there's 10 commandments, right? Uh, the, the commandments that were given uh, to Moses on those tablets, there's the 10 commandments, and then there's another 612 commandments. So, so when you look at all of those commandments, no human could ever fulfill them, could ever comply with them. But Jesus fulfilled them for us. Jesus ushered us into a new covenant. So if you are under the new covenant, but now you're trying to live under the old covenant, especially those of us that are not Jews. So if those of us that are not Israelites, the old covenant was never ours anyway. It was never even written for us. So if you have a someone who is not a Jew and they're trying to live under the old covenant, first of all, the, that didn't even apply. But then when you're trying to do that, you're living by external laws. It's almost like you are dishonoring the fact that Jesus fulfilled the law for you. You got to embrace the finished work of Jesus Christ. When you understand that Jesus fulfilled this for me, now that he already paid the debt and he already satisfied the requirement, now I'm supposed to live a different way with the fullness of everything that Jesus died to give me. All right. Number two, no one could ever be made right by attempting to keep the law. So this is what the Bible says. Paul said in, uh, what is this? This is Galatians three. I'm going to read for you verses eight through 12. So this is not me. This is Bible. I want you to listen to it. The Bible says, what's more? The scriptures looked forward to this time. This is Paul writing in the New Testament. He said the Old Testament was looking forward to this time when God would declare the Gentiles to be righteous with God because of their faith. Remember, the Old Covenant wasn't even for the Gentiles. The Old Covenant was just for the Israelites. And so now he's like, but the scriptures of the Old Covenant was was looking forward to a time when everybody could, could be right with God, right? Not just the Jews, but everybody. And you and I, that were the non-Jews, we're Gentiles. And so he said, okay, now under this time, watch this. Then Paul says, God proclaimed this good news to Abraham a long ago. He said, even from the beginning, when God spoke to Abraham, he wanted everybody to be saved, but he started with Abraham's seed. So he said to Abraham a long time ago, all nations will be blessed through you. So all who put their faith in Christ Jesus share the same blessing that Abraham received 
because of his faith. Remember, Abraham wasn't under the law because the law came later, 400 years later. So Abraham was only made right by faith, not by the law, not by rules, only by faith. He said, now all of us that believe in Jesus have the same blessing of Abraham and we receive it by faith. Paul keeps going. He says, but those who depend on the law to make them right with God, uh-oh, they are under a curse. So if you are depending on the law, rules to make you right with God, the Bible says you are under a curse. Paul keeps saying, he says, because the scripture says, cursed is everyone who does not observe and obey all the commands that are written in God's book of the law. So if you try to take some of the law, uh-oh, you know you can't comply with all of it. So now you're under a curse because you're not that good. And Paul keeps going. He says, so it is clear that no, no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. Now, I didn't say this. Paul said it. This is in the Bible. So it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. For the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. This way of faith is very different from the way of the law, which says it is through obeying the law that a person has life. That's Galatians chapter three, verses eight through 12. Now I'm gonna take my time, but this is very important what I'm teaching, right? So, so the Bible is very clear that no human could ever be made right with God by trying to keep the law. In other words, no human could ever be made right with God by their performance. Performance-based religion, no, you cannot be made right with God by your performance. The only way to be made right with God is by faith, faith in Jesus's finished work. So our faith accesses God's grace and we're born again. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, we're saved by grace. Not by, it's not, not your performance. We're saved by grace. And then how do we receive it? Through faith. Not based on your works, because now then people would boast. Look at what I did. Look at what I did. He says, the scriptures say, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, so that no one can boast, so that no one can say, oh, dun, 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 look at what I did. I just went to the Dominican Republic. I just did this. I just say, you know, we just fed the poor. We just, I just preached in prison. Dun, dun, dun. No, no, no. It's not based on your performance. It's based solely on God's grace so that no one can boast. If you're going to boast, your only boast can be in the Lord, not in you. All right. Number three, I'm taking my time. The purpose of the law was not to make you right, but rather to show you how wrong you are. The purpose of the law was not to make you right, but rather to show you how wrong you are. Romans 3 and 20. I'm going to read this real slow. The Bible says, for no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. Let me repeat myself. Romans 3 and 20, New Living Translation. For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. I want you to listen, go read that later. Meditate on Romans 3 and 20. Now, when you think about what I just read, think about your life. Juxtapose what Paul just said with your, your life. Are you living your life based on performance or are you living your life based on the finished work of Jesus? The, there are people who were born again, New Testament, who are still trying to comply with the law as if that's going to make them right. They are living their lives under the pressure of performance-based religion. 
The problem with that is that rules can't make you right. Rules can only show you when you're wrong. Let's say this. Look at me for a minute. Those of you that are parents, you have kids. Some of, some of us have grandkids, right? So if you give your kids rules, you know the rules can't make them right, but the rules will show them when they're wrong, right? And so, so rules can't make you right. Rules can only show you when you're wrong. So the purpose of the law was not to prove to you that you were right. The purpose of the law was to prove to you that you're wrong so that you need a savior and that you can understand that that savior came and his name is Jesus. Jesus came to usher us into the dispensation of grace. We no longer have to perform to be right. Now we believe to be right. We believe and now we receive everything. The righteousness of God is transferred unto us by faith. Why? Because it's the grace of God. Jesus made us right. So, so I'm not, I have to accept the fact that Jesus made me right. And I'm not trying to live under a bunch of rules to try to make me right. Number four, when the law was given, people became more conscious of sin. Why? Because if I give you rules and you break the rules, now we can talk about the rules and how you broke the rules. But before I gave you the rules, then you didn't have any rules to break. And so, so you couldn't violate something I never put in place. Right. And so Paul explained it this way in Romans five and 20. He says, God's law was given so that people could see how sinful they were. But as people sin more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. But, but once again, he made it clear. The law was given so that people could see how sinful they were. Because without the law, when they didn't have any rules to break, everybody thought that they were good in their own way, right? If you don't have rules, if I don't have anything to measure you against, if I go to, up to anybody and I say, you know, do you think you're a good person? Yeah, I think I'm a good person. You're going to go to heaven? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty. Yep, I think so. I think so. I'm a, I'm a hey, look, I'm a good person. You know, I, I, I'm a Christian. You know, I, I go to church sometimes. You know, I, I do good stuff. I think, yeah, 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 I think I'm a good person. No, the problem is that you're trying to base, you're measuring yourself against yourself. And so, so, so where there's no standard, people are like, oh, yeah, I'm good. Why? Because there's no ruler to measure you against. But when the law was given, it was like, no, 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 here's the ruler. Here's the ruler. Right? And so, so let's measure yourself against that. You can't lie. You ever lie? Ooh, oh, ooh, ah. Can't steal. You ever steal? Ooh, mm, oh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. How about how about we give you this ruler? Because without the ruler, oh yeah, I'm good. Everybody's good. But when I give you the ruler, now you you have a standard. Once the law was given, now and the law was holy and it was perfect and nobody could keep it. And now now the law, the ruler revealed our flaws to us, and it was there to prove to us that we need a savior. And that savior came, and his name is Jesus. Number five. I'm going to take my time on this because I'm going to have to keep a teaching on this tomorrow. This is something I want you to get delivered from this because I got delivered from performance-based religion and it changed my life. I, I need you to get this. Number five, Jesus freed you from the bondage of the law. He freed you from it. The Bible says in Romans 6 and 14, once again, another scripture, the Bible says, sin is no longer your master for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Come on now. How plain is that? Romans 6 and 14, New Living Translation. Let me read it again. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. So God does not require you to live every second of your life trying to comply with an external set of rules because no human could ever fulfill those rules anyway. So God, what he wants you to do is he sent Jesus to fulfill that for you. Jesus was perfect for you. And now he wants you to receive 
the finished work of Jesus Christ and to be led by the Holy Spirit. See, when you're led by the Holy Spirit, that's how you can tap into God's grace. When you're led by the Holy Spirit, that's how you can say 1 John 4 and 17, as Jesus is, so am I in this world. If you want to make kingdom impact, if you want to experience heaven on earth, you got to embrace the grace of God. Because if you are living under performance-based religion, you will never see yourself as Jesus is in this world because you're never going to be that good. You're just not good enough. So, so before Jesus, the spotlight was on man. And it was about what man could do for God. That's Old Testament. Under the Old Testament, the spotlight was on man and man working for God and man saying, well, I'm not good enough. And they had to kill bullocks and turtle doves and, and goats and lambs. And, and the blood of innocent animals was shed for the, by the hands of guilty man. And they had to do all of this. Why? Because the spotlight was on man. But under the new covenant, the spotlight is on God, not on me. <laughs> the spot, under the new covenant, the spotlight is on God and what God already done for me, what he's already done. So instead of me performing for God, is God has already performed for me and he made plans for me from the foundations of the world. It's all about him. So now my life is about him, what he planned, what he wants to do. My life is no longer about me or my works or my performance. My life is all about him. When you embrace the finished work of Jesus, on the cross, you're free. You're free to be the man, the woman that God has called you to be. Okay, hey, God, what do you want? Hey, go to the Dominican Republic. Okay, what do you want me to do? Hey, let's take over this school. Hey, what do you want me to do? Hey, build a school, build a church, do this, do that. Hey, what do you want me to do? Do today's work. Hey, what do you want me to do? Whatever you want me to do, I'm down for it because my life is not about my performance anymore. My, my life is about God and his empowering presence and the power of the Holy Ghost to do whatever he calls me to do. He's already equipped me to do. What do you want me to do? Hey, go over here. Or what do you want me to do? Pay for this. God, I don't have the money for it. Just believe me for it. And I, yeah, okay, cool. And so so you, you will use me to fund projects. I don't even have the money to, for, to fund. Okay, cool. And what do you want me to do now? Hey, go over here. I'm going to give you wisdom that exceeds your education and your experience. Okay, God, thank you. Now, why? Because no longer the pressure is not on me. It's not about my performance. Hey, start this business. Hey, I want you to do this. Hey, I'm going to give you this contract. Hey, I'm going to do... My life is now about him, not about me. The spotlight is not on me anymore. So it's not about me trying to be good. It's not about... No, no, no. It's just about me trying to believe. I, I just got to get to the point where I can believe what God believes about me. If you want to change the world, if you want God to use you to change the world, to leave a mark in this world that will not easily be erased, then you got to stop living your life based on your performance because your performance will never be good enough. Your performance will fail. Listen, if you live your life, if you're saying my God's goodness towards me is based on my performance towards him, then you're, you are destined to failure because you are not perfect. You are not flawless and your performance is never going to be good enough. So the only way to walk with God with fearless confidence is to have a relationship with God and know that his goodness towards you is not based on your goodness towards him. His goodness towards you is based on his goodness towards you. God wants to bless you because God wants to bless you because God is good. And so, so God is a good God and he wants to use you in amazing ways. And he wants you to stop focusing yourself on you. And he wants you to stop saying, well, God, I can't because of this. And I can't because of that. But you know, I did that. And you know, I did. listen, God knows he, you did all that stuff. God called you anyway. So stop looking at you and keep looking at him. This is why I hate religion. Number six, last thing. I'll tell you why I hate religion, and then we'll keep talking about this tomorrow. I hate religion because religion kills faith. Religion bases your faith on your perceived level of goodness towards God. And so religion is based on rites and rituals and routines, and religion is based on me trying to be right with God and blah, blah, blah. And that's ne is never going to be good enough. Religion puts the emphasis and the spotlight on you. And religion kills faith 
because your performance will never measure up to the size of your assignment. Let me say that again. Your performance will never measure up to the size of your assignment. And so if you are only going to base your faith and your relationship with God on your performance, then you're going to live under the bondage of religion. You're going to live under the bondage of performance-based religion, and you're going to walk with God, but you'll never be used of God supernaturally because if you base it on you, it's never going to be enough. But God's grace is always enough. See, if you base it on you, you're never going to feel like you deserve it. And let me, let me tell you something. You don't deserve it. Grace is undeserved. Grace is unmerited. So get over the fact that you don't deserve it. Get over the fact that you're not worthy. Get over the fact that you're not good enough. Whew, thank you, Lord. I'm not good enough, but Jesus was good enough for me. See, God wants to bless you because God wants to bless you because God is good. And so when you ever get to that point, now you can open up your heart to the grace of God. You can open up your heart to believe on the level of God's grace. Until you get to that point where you are free, you decouple your faith from your performance, your faith will never be enough because your performance will never be enough. So in closing, let me just say this. I gave you several scripture passages today. Watch the video. If you get the email, you already have the scriptures. Don't just take it from me. You need to go back and read those scriptures. Read them slowly. Read them carefully. Read them prayerfully. You got to get delivered from performance-based religion. It changed my life. I pray it will change yours. I'm going to teach on this again tomorrow. All right, so let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. This is one of the greatest things Jesus did for us. He ushered us into the grace of God. Speak this over your life. Say, Father, I thank you for your overwhelming goodness, kindness, mercy, and grace towards me. You gave the Israelites a perfect law. It is so perfect that no human could ever fulfill it. The only human who, on, who fulfilled the law of Moses was the only perfect human to ever live. His name is Jesus. I could not fulfill the law of Moses. So Jesus fulfilled it for me. Jesus knew I could never be perfect. So Jesus was perfect for me. Jesus knew I could never be righteous. So Jesus was righteous for me. Jesus fulfilled the law. And his accomplishment, his fulfillment, his perfection, and his righteousness were all transferred onto me when I put on Christ, when I accepted Jesus as Lord. So I now embrace the grace of God. Along with Jesus, I embrace the finished work, everything he did for me on Calvary's cross. And I enter this day free. I'm free from the power of sin. I'm delivered from the fear of death. I'm filled with your Holy Spirit. And I'm called to change the world. Not because I'm good, but because you're good. Therefore, greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. So please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, you want my notes, you should want these notes. Go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, this is one of the greatest things Jesus died to give us was this freedom to fully embrace the grace of God, to be the men and women that we're called to be. 
You might need to listen to this again. And tomorrow, I'm going to flow in this vein. This is really important. So thank you so much for listening. Do me a favor. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message has been a blessing to you. And then share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. I love you, and God loves you more. Have an amazing day. God bless you.